Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Get on hit and run on the score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until 1245, taking you up to Cubs baseball. Looking you at have baseball today? I'm looking at the hourly. Oh. And uh it's all right. Looks like at one o'clock it'll be fine. Okay. Depending on where you are, I know some of the uh We're worried about Clark and Addison. Yeah, I'm worried about Ivanhoe. Oh the golf course. That's yes, right. Oh, right, 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 right. Are uh, you going back out? I'm going back up, although they moved tea times up today to this morning, so I don't even know uh, if by the time I get there, there will be golf taking place. People don't know what we're talking about. Talk about the it's, web.com tour. Yeah. That you've spent the week at, correct? Yeah, phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Um, you know, once again, I've said this to you many times before, so you, uh, I know you're a believer now, but people don't know who... People didn't know who Andrew Landry was or Aaron Wise or Keith Mitchell or Bo Hostler or or Chesson Hadley or any of these guys. And, you know, they win one time on the web. They get to the PGA Tour. They win in the fall, and they're in Hawaii for the Champions Tournament to start the year. They're at Kapalua, and it happens that fast. Before you know it, they're top 25 in the world. It's just remarkable. These guys on the web, the the 50 best guys out there, are absolutely every bit as good as most of the players on the PGA Thank you. Tour. Thank you. See, because it is a majors week. U.S. Open is here this week, and you'll see coverage of Tiger, coverage of Phil. You may not believe me, and I think you agree. The guys that are making the jump from the web every single year, they're as good as those guys without the name right now, Yeah, well, the, I mean, the current state of those players. I say it every year, and um, those players aren't winning. You know, I, I listen, uh, I understand the fascination with the big names, absolutely. But these guys coming out of college, these guys, these, uh, the, the best amateur players in the world are good enough to win on the PGA Tour immediately, and they do. Who, who, they, jump from the web, they jump from the web to the PGA, and they win immediately. Who's winning the majors, too, by the way? For the most part, it's young guys. So it's an impressive crop of players, that's for sure. Um, this hour on the score is brought to you by Horwitz and Horwitz, Illinois' top personal injury lawyers. I mentioned Dylan Kobe, who was a, a Rule 5 draft by the White Sox. That's, that's a heck of a pick. That's a heck of a scouting job mm-hmm. to find Dylan Kobe as a Rule 5 guy. Um, it, just, it just got me thinking specifically about the Cubs and the White Sox and, in a sense, the Houston Astros. Houston Astros, pretty good, Joe? Pretty good, pretty good organization? Yeah, they're pretty, pretty good, good. Pretty good team? Mm-hmm. Done pretty well, right? Yeah, they're going to be good for a while. They've done pretty well collecting talent. Yeah, they're pretty good at that, right? Even though they had some... Well, in yeah. Tw- yeah, in 2013, they took Mark Appel. The second pick in 2013 was a guy named Chris Bryant. Mark Appel is out of baseball. 
Uh, he was eventually dealt with Vince Velasquez to Philly for, for Ken Giles. 2014, number one overall. Again, Houston, number one overall. 2014, Brady Aiken. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Schwarber uh, was uh, four. Four. Aaron Nola was in that first round. Trey Turner. Conforto. My point is... My point is this. Tyler Kolek, number two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you see where I'm going here, Joe? You see You see my point here? Those, those the best guys organizations are, do miss yeah. at the top of the first round in baseball drafts. Those guys are really, really good. I mean, they're really good. Look around their field. They're really good. And those are two horrible mistakes. Just absolute disasters. Like franchise-defining kind of disastrous picks, right? Yeah. It happens. It happens. In this draft, yes. Of course. So, you know, White Sox fans, they... Well, White Sox fans, just they, they just tend to scream. They tend to scream. Um, I think most White Sox fans love what the White Sox are doing. Some don't like it. They're skeptical. It's never going to work. You know, all the stuff you heard from Cub fans when Theo was doing what he was doing. I mean, there's no promise that this is going to work for the White Sox. But there are going to be some mistakes along the way. There are going to be some misses along the way. But here's my question to you. Do you want to go back to the way things were? I offer you Eduardo Escobar, who has 24 doubles and leads the American League with 24 doubles. 29 years old. He's four months from free agency. He's got a 913 OPS and a 146 OPS plus. He was traded by the Sox at the deadline in July of 2012, another year when they were trying to patch something together and, and survive long enough to get in. He was traded to Minnesota for Francisco Liriano. He was very highly thought of. The team loved him. Management loved him. Players loved him. Manager loved him. It's just they, they needed need another star because that's what they did. That's what they did. Whatever assets they had were used to continually try to compete. I offer you Fernando Tatis Jr., a 19-year-old shortstop in the San Diego system <laughs> who is absolutely on fire this month after a little bit of a slow start. He was traded for James Shields in June of 2016. Again, as they continue to do the thing that the White Sox were known for doing. It's what they did every year, year after year after year. Use every asset you possibly could that didn't affect the major league roster, although Escobar was on the major league roster at the time. Relatively unknown, but a, but a nice player. Sox liked him. Continually use every asset possible to try to go for it year after year after year, always knowing you were selling out the future every single time. But that was just how they operated. Do you want to go back to that? Was that? Do you like the way that that worked for you, White Sox fans? Did you enjoy the way that worked for you? Go for it at the trade deadline every year. Maybe we're good enough to slip into the playoffs. And then, and then, okay, maybe we're good enough to get in. Now you're dealing with the Yankees, the Astros, the Red Sox that you're seeing this weekend. It's like so, the, so what it, what are the chances that you're going to take one of them down? 
Maybe you have a miracle run. Maybe. We haven't seen that lately. Lately, in this format, it's been the top four or five teams winning World Series. The um, the scouting's been really good when you think about it. I mean, they found a lot of Jose Quintana's as amateur free agents. Eduardo Escobar, uh, Fernando Tatis, Dylan Covey's a Rule 5 guy. I mean, it's not as though they didn't know how to find players, although some of their drafting, again, which was done for the purpose of getting players here immediately. It's part of their program. But it wasn't as though they didn't have the ability to find players. It's what they did with them. Do you like the way that was working out for you? Much like, you know, Joe, you're talking about who you have to deal with in the postseason and what the aftermath is of those decisions. The 07-08 Cubs and all the backloaded contracts. Yep. Which you knew were coming home to roost. And if you didn't win at all, man, was it going to be bad. And wow, was it bad. And And I kept asking Cub fans the same question. In this past hundred and five years or whatever it was where you finally got to 108. Were you enjoying the results? I mean, really, I, and I, serious question. Serious question. Is this okay with you? Is this okay? Is it okay to just take the same approach year after year after year, knowing there was no chance of lasting long-term success? No chance. No chance. Well, and you knew when it bottomed out, it was going to be bad. I was laughing because this sort of conversation was going on nationally earlier in the week, and it brought me back to a couple of years ago with Rega- the White Sox re- regard- with the Mets, okay. the second team in town yeah. in New York, the yeah. White Sox, the second team in town in Chicago. Here's their general manager, Sandy Alderson, and I, and I just chuckled. Because he's saying the most obvious crap. He's a buffoon. Saying the most obvious stuff. But this is his argument. I got news for you. He was a buffoon in Oakland. He's got a great reputation, and it's all smoke and mirrors. Okay. Sandy Alders. This is what he said, and I just had a flashback. And yeah, so what? Uh, Just because you tear it down doesn't mean you're going to have a great rebuild. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Thanks, Sandy. I don't know why it's become so popular. Oh, I don't know. Kansas City, Chicago, Chicago, Houston. Houston. I don't know why it's become so popular. Maybe (laughs) it's the product of the extremists. In our culture, you're either really good or you stink. There's no reason to be caught in the middle. There's virtue at the extreme. I just don't see it that way. So you want to be where the White Sox were. You want to hold on to to your top-end pitching, Sale Quintana. You're going to hold on to Syndergaard DeGrom. And and you're going to patch things with a few veteran free agents, not get the top names out there, and you're just going to be good enough to be around 500, to be competitive. But are you really looking ahead? Are you going to be able to take down the Braves and the Phillies and the Nationals and in the National League, the Cubs, even though it is a weaker league right now? No, they don't have a shot. I I hate this attitude. And, And I'm not saying if you're in the middle... You you need to go 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 all the way down. If you can't win a title this year, you got to go all the way down. But with him and what the future yeah, is, see, his his look at this. Why has it become so popular? Championships. That's why it's become so popular. Stay with me here for a second, and I'll see if I can try and make this point. 
without tripping all over myself, which you know for me is 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 always a test. Well, by the way, I'm not I'm not screaming trade Syndergaard, trade Degrom. Yeah, I'm just saying his look at this well, just but, to shut shut it down completely but is you, ridiculous. But you could make that argument. You could make that the argument. Hall? Are you kidding me? You could make that argument given where you think you're going to be next year and the year after that and the year after that with that with that brutal ownership. <laughs> yes. What do you think I was going to say? Idiot, idiot. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say idiotic ownership. Do I use that word too much? No, um, your mouth it looked like you were going to I was going to say, say start idiotic. with an I. Yeah, I was going to say so. idiotic ownership. They have the terrible ownership. They're going nowhere and much like the White Sox decided with Chris Sale and Jose Quintana, you could make the case that over the next 2, 3, 4, 5 years they will get no value on the field with those guys in terms of team performance. So you could make the argument. And I'm not saying it's for everybody. Look, it's never going to be for the San Francisco Giants. It's not their style. They're never going to do it. You know, there are certain teams that are never going to do it. The Yankees didn't exactly do it, but you know what? For one trade deadline, they did, and look what it did for them. Oh, my. How do you like what they got for Chapman and Miller? And Set so up on for so. a decade, and they brought Chapman back. And then they signed him again. I'm amused at the way in which Sandy Alderson presented that argument because it's kind of the way it's, it's kind of the way that every argument, not every argument, but most arguments today are made. They're made by extremists who make extreme arguments. And he's criticizing, when he uses that word, he's criticizing the extremes at both sides of the baseball argument, just like there are extremes at both sides of the political argument, where neither side listens to the other one. But what he did was make an extreme argument himself saying there are absolutes. If people who talk in absolutes are completely full of it, they, they try to sound erudite using an argument that is flawed from the very moment they open their mouths. But they believe that if they use big words and that they yell and they bully and they sound tough right. and smart, they believe this extreme argument will will be bought by those who aren't listening to them in the first place. They are only preaching to the choir. So I find it funny that he would use that word because he then did the very same thing that he was defining. By by you know I I I kind of tend you, you, I you don't have to go the Astros Cubs route too though. Right, so he he didn't reference the, the other the side Yan- of town. Look what the Yankees right. did. So he's not referencing the other side of town. And a year ago, Barry, we would have said something similar. Well, Cubs and White Sox are just never going to make a deal. Just never going to make a deal. They should trade one of those starters to New York. They should, right? I don't know if they'd be willing to give up Gleyber Torres, especially with what he's done for the Major League roster to start, but you get three and a half years of Noah Syndergaard at the top of that rotation for very little money. You know, they have they have some huge pieces they could deal. And they could get that thing to, just like the White Sox did, 
just like the Cubs did, not to not to the extent that the White Sox were able to do it because of the circumstances, because of the contracts of Eaton, Sale, and and Quintana, uh-huh. and the and you know and the control and the, the price. Degrom's two and a half years, and the and the and the value. I mean, you you could turn these assets into a pretty big haul that might 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 get you going in the right direction again. But I'll promise you this. You're the Mets, and you're going nowhere, and you're not, and you're not going anywhere next year, the year after that, or year after that. And if there's anything left of those guys, and they are Mets pitchers after all, but if there's anything left of them, what are you going to get? In two a or three years? or four years from now? Yeah, what are you going to get? You've missed the opportunity to really cash in. Would you? Do you want to sit back and watch the Braves and Phillies jump you? Because that's what you're going to do then. And oh, well, maybe this year, maybe this year, nobody will get hurt. Why should I believe that? I just, I'm, I'm. It's just an interesting conversation, and you can relate it to what's happened with both the Cubs and the White Sox, and just and what the Yankees, one of your top World Series contenders, what's going on with them, and he's just going to shut it down. It's just ridiculous. I, I don't care what market you're in. The Cubs did it in Market Three as the number one team in town. Oh well, we're in New York. We can't do it. It's a prevailing thought. It's ridiculous. It's funny when I think back. To to hit and run when I started on hit and run ten years ago, and the first few years of the show, and not to mention the the hundreds of columns that I've written about it over the years, the the blowback from the notion that you could do that here, just can't you can't do it here, just can't be done here, can't cannot be done here. People call every week screaming, "You can't do it here." We're not that far away. That's where that came from. It was the signing of Carlos Pena. Where I laughed out loud. <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, you have got to be kidding me. The Matt Garza deal. You've got to be kidding me. What are they doing? Oh, no, no, no. These, these are slam dunks. These are perfect. We're not that far away. That's where that came from. We're not that far away. The, the eternal, we're not that far away. The screaming that it could not be done in this town, could never be done in this town, could never be done by this franchise. Well, how was that first hundred years working for you? How'd you enjoy that? And the the bottoming out every time after the process of going for it. It's just amazing to me. And why are we here with the White Sox? In part because the Cubs had the guts to finally do it and they ended up winning a World Series. I don't care what anybody says. A big reason the White Sox were, were able to push forward with this is because of what happened on the north side. I can't argue with you. There's no question in my mind. With that. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. When we come back, I want to get to Carlos Rodon, some other White Sox items. There's lots of Cubs stuff to do from this past week that we haven't even touched on yet. Some really good stuff that's happened this week. And uh, we have some callers on hold, Ron, Dan, and Bill. We will get to you next on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Here's McGowan. He started the fourth inning with a single and scored a run. High five, deep right center. Padgett nearing the wall. He'll run out of room. McGowan hits his 13th of the season. The rest of the Boilermaker team has 13. The Purdue. We go to Purdue. 
That's, <laughs> per- that's Purdue McGowan. It's never going to end. McGowan. Why do you hate him? Skrowski, you suck. Well, it's usually a McGowan giving up a home run at the major league level. That's what happens, and they get sent down. Yeah, where where's the pair of pitching McGowans right now? Eli, find out where the pair of pitching McGowans The carpool with McGowan. Yeah, that one, I think, got released outright, didn't he? The Mets McGowan got uh, released outright? Where is he? Show production conversation. Let's have a roundtable discussion with both McGowans next Sunday. I'm up for that. Okay, McGowan. <laughs> no, you McGowan. That McGowan. Can we honestly get Jackson McGowan on the show? Is that the guy you just played? Yes. Who's that? Jackson? Purdue third baseman. No. No, because we're, major, this is because we're major not league g- baseball show. We're not doing college baseball. We're also not going to insult the young man. I'm yeah. sure he's a very good player. Can't have him on just to just to be stupid because I'm stupid. The Sox he really bullpen. likes Josh McGowan. What if the Sox, Sox just trolled you and signed a McGowan for their pen? They could. Of course they could. They got nothing but room. I mean, they're trying to lose. So just send a text to Rick real quick. Let's see what he says. If we, he, we if he could sign one of the McGowans. We could make this happen. I'm, no, seriously. We could make this happen. That would be glorious. You wait. Uh, there's a McGowan on the European tour that's going to win an event. But it's not spelled the same, correct? Or is it? Depends on what you consider to be the correct (laughs) spelling. That's a a whole other conversation. I I consider M-C-G-O-W-A-N. Is it an I-N? What is it? On the European tour? Yeah. No, it's M-C-Capital-G-O-W-A-N. Oh, so it's correct spelling. Depends, again, on what you consider the the correct spelling to be. What's the alternative? Are you laughing? M C capital C O W N. The McGowan. It is McGowan. Talk about a wormhole. Just so stupid. What's well, the first thing that pops well, up when you Google McGowan? Rose. Yeah. Yeah, that's that makes sense. A lot of sense. Makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you want to do the uh, legal so we can take some calls. Do you have to wait? Um, he's. I was just thinking. Whatever. I think Eli's just making up rules as we go along. Like half the stuff he tells us to do that we have to do, I don't really believe him. But he said between thirty and thirty-five. But I'll well, do it. all right. Do you want to wait fifty-one seconds? I mean, he said we have to. Do we have no. to wait fifty seconds for that, Eli? Is there some specific reason that <laughs> just to piss Joe off? Yes. So there's no real reason he couldn't do it right See, now. I, I told you he made that up. Where he said you have to do it between thirty and thirty-five. He completely made that up. It's 20- I didn't say have to. I said yes, I, I would like you to. I mean, that's the preference. He's just making things up. It's twenty-nine thirty. If you want, want to wait twenty-eight and seconds, by the time I finish reading it, and after the delay, the people will hear it at thirty. So I think we're fine. Well, I'm going to dump it. So you have to do it again. This hour on the score, the Hit and Runs show. It's brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Illinois, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season tickets are on sale now at nusports.com. Is it okay with you, Eli, if we take some calls? You've been really bossy today. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's... For no reason. The only thing we really need you to do is give us the weather in Washington, D.C., and you never have that available. Yeah, I got Chicago and Minnesota now. Minnesota. How do, now, how are two cities popping up at the same time? You have you have Minnesota weather? 71 in Minnesota. Who did? 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So now our location is Minnesota? It's Minnesota and Chicago. So we finally have Chicago ready to go. What is wrong with you? I mean, really? Man, his problems. Don't understand that at all. All right, let's go to the phones and see if someone yeah, can please. save us. It, save us, if anyone could. It's Ron on the south side. Good morning, Ron. How you doing? Hey, hey good morning, guys. Don't forget, Ben. We also need Eli to play the anthem, which he did earlier, and that was my cue to call. Him. That's right. That's right. We we need him to do that every week. Oh, two two things, real quick. Um, um, guys, I'm absolutely pleased with the direction where the Sox are going. Certainly we don't know the outcome, but I remember in 2016, I really thought the Sox had put together a team that probably had a chance when I went out to spring training. I was so optimistic. So I, after that, I, I was ready, you know, to go in a different direction. But what I was talking about, guys, and Bill, you talk about it all the time, about being able to pitch and picking up the ball. Uh, defensively. McConnell had to say one of the reasons he was glad he left Boston because they wanted him to play third night, playing second, mm-hmm. Jeff Anderson. Mm-hmm. And um, the number one pick, I think they said that he's going to start playing it shortstop. So my question to both of you all, I know uh, it's still in development stage with Tim Anderson and McConnell. How do y'all kind of see this eventually playing out, particularly if this number one guy is a pretty good defensive player. So just that whole scenario as far as how this is going to play out defensively. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Ron. Thanks for the call, Ron. I don't think they have any idea how it's going to play out at this point. If I were guessing, and this is just purely a guess, I don't think Tim Anderson is going to stay at shortstop. More evidence of of bad from him yesterday. Um, but you don't you don't need to watch a specific day. You what you watch throughout a whole season and you, and you see it. Right. I just I don't I don't think he's staying at shortstop. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure that Moncada is staying at second. I'm not convinced of that. As for wait wait wait, wait. what are your options with Moncada? Realistic options. I, I think third? we know you can go outfield. Yeah, could go third with Anderson. Could go third with Moncada. Um, could you go third with Anderson? Could go third with Anderson. Could go. People left. are screaming. They're signing Machado, but right. Um, well, Nick Hostetler made it clear even before the draft. I don't care. We don't care what position. We're not going to play that game. His of job is to acquire four, talent. Four or five levels from now. Well, we already have this player at second base, and he's a second baseman. No, no, no. Yeah, they're they're good enough. They'll be able to move around a little bit. You don't know what's going to happen. Case in point, Jake Berger. How about Javi Baez? When the Cubs got when the new Cubs regime got here, I had dozens of conversations with Jason McLeod and Theo Epstein about Javi Baez. What is he going to be? You know what the answer was? A laugh? Palms to the air and and the words we really don't know. Don't know. We have no idea. Could he play shortstop? Yes, he could. Will he be our shortstop? We don't know. We just don't. They didn't know if they could trust him. They didn't know. They didn't know the answer to that. Well, see, you don't know you're going to be trading for Addison Russell. You don't know if you're going to be trading Javi Baez away. They didn't even know if they were keeping him. They think about the things they didn't know in 2012. Think about the things they didn't know. 
that, that would eventually be the team on the field that won the World well, Series. Well, it was assumed that Baez would be traded because he wasn't a Theo guy. He was taken when Hendry was still here. Yeah, I, ne- I, ne- I never believed that, not yeah. for one second. Now, Theo's not the type. Why, not, why would you do that? He's not the type. Again, you don't you you know you don't okay. cut off your nose to spite your face if you're a smart executive. They they didn't know that. They just didn't know what he was. Jason McLeod told me many times. Look, we looked at him in the draft. We just honestly didn't know what to make of him. He was just a huge wild card. Just didn't know. They didn't know about the competition that he had faced. They weren't sold on that. Just didn't know. They knew he was an extraordinary talent. You saw Roy was when he got to the big leagues. Imagine how Roy was two or three or four years before. That, that. draft is so interesting to look back on. Yeah, we, so interesting. Yeah, we spent we spent an hour on it one day. It's a phenomenal draft. But Lindor, but, the pick before, yeah, Jose Fernandez, Jarrett Cole, number one overall, Trevor Bauer, three. Uh, Anthony Rendon was number six, and he's just kind of looked over. Brandon Nimmo was later in that draft, I believe. The pick before Jose Fernandez, isn't and isn't that Sonny the, Gray? Isn't that the Mookie Betts draft too? Wasn't he taken it, fifth round? Yeah. That would be. Yeah, I'm just it's just a phenomenal draft. Remember, we we wanted to redraft the first round. Would you still take Danny Holtzman number two overall in <laughs> Seattle? I wanted to take Jose Fernandez, and you said you're an idiot. You can't take a dead guy. And you're and you're <laughs> that that was a ground rule. And and your That's team not fair. and your Royals took Bubba Starling. Oh boy! And he gave you nothing, and they still win a championship. That that draft. You're gonna have to, you know, at some point, at some point, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look at that draft. That would be fun. Like, and if, wonder if, if it's the Cubs are bad. That's something you do in August, September. Let's yeah. redraft 2009. Yeah. That was 2011. Yeah, wow. I mean, among all-time drafts, that's that's got to be up there. Anyway, here's the point, uh, Ron. Sorry, as usual, uh, we digress ridiculously. The point is, is we just don't know how it's going to shake out a couple of years from now. Here's what you do know. One of the reasons they drafted this kid is they believe he can play multiple positions. They believe he'll be good at any of those positions, and defense is a big part of his game. So I don't know. I really don't know. I do know this. I don't think Anderson's going to be at shortstop. Who's going to be there? It's a good question. Kyle Hendricks, an eighth-round pick that year, by the way. Um, just, just I, I don't want to always jump to the Cubs comp, but let me ask you this. How many players on the current Cubs roster – are locked into one position and one position only. I think this is going to be more of the norm. Maybe not the Cubs extreme, but how many players? You have Kyle Schwarber locked in, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, of course. Is there? Hey, don't forget Wilson Contreras was playing left field. That too. Two years ago. Right, but he's not going to go anywhere. But you're right. He has the the ability when he came up, they're throwing him at left just because they wanted the bat in the lineup. Well, I mean, look, it's great to have players that can do all sorts of different things. But the reason they do all sorts of different things is because they have too many good players and they have to find room for them on the field, not to mention the fact that they made promises to Jason Hayward and to Ben Zobrist. But that's the goal. Congrats to Jason Hayward, by the way, for his his recent... Being a major ap- league player. Pro- <laughs> Congratulations. That is so cruel and so... 
honest. It was a great double yesterday. And I don't want and, to rip him for it. It was great, but and and accurate. Come on. No, it's uh, but look, no, good. I mean, good. Let's uh, you know for his sake, hope it continues. But you know, they a big part of the reason that guys are moving all over the place is they made promises to to Hayward and to Zobrist, and you have to find ways to get all these other guys in the lineup. He promises to Zobrist, but, but Zobrist, those promises they didn't keep. They kept it for a year. It's also true. <laughs> Travis but, Shaw in that draft, too. By the way, uh, ninth round. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we, we've we done this, and um, I resent the fact that you won't let me take Jose Fernandez number one. You can. He won't give your team anything this year. Moving forward? Or next year. Moving forward, uh, his upside is not good. But I still like him as my number one. Where you pick. have him on the twenty eighty scale? <laughs> we should ask Nick Hostetler. No, no. And once again, it's this, it, it, it's the McGowan thing. You don't, you know, we can be idiots without guests on the air. We don't have to bring guests he would have on hung to up be right idiots. Away. What? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that one. I mean, if you force me to, I I'll would put him twenty. If you force me to. I would say Jose Fernandez, 1-1. One, one. I would say Frankie Lindor, 1-2. Uh, Mookie Betts. He's my 1-1. 1-3. 1-1. One, one. One, one. Um, but if you're, ju- if you're just keeping it to the first round, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Fernandez, Fernandez Lindor. I will go. Although my guy, my 1-1, one, one doesn't have the upside <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, you know, as as certainly not to the extent that some of your guys do. Boy, and we didn't even mention George Springer. So oh, no, I mean, he's, you go on and on. And on. All right, I'll go. But, I'll go. Bets. I'll go. Give me Garrett Cole. Give me the rest of Garrett Cole's career. You can have funny. the rest of Jose Fernandez's funny, career. See. <laughs> fine, fine. I'm taking Jose Fernandez. I'm not. I'm not uh, budging on that. So at least you're fine, not you take... letting past performance affect anything. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Roser. When we come back, we got lots of people on hold. Dan, Tim, and John. We will get to all of you. Got to get to Carlos Rodon. We got Bruce Levine coming up top of the hour. I'm sure, we will talk Carlos Rodon with him as well. Many other Cubs items to get to. We'll do that next on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you for another hour, taking you up to Cubs baseball. Eli, do you uh, want to give us your uh, your minor league report? What's exciting in the White Sox minor league system this week? Sure. Kicking it off with Charlotte. Michael Kopech pitched on Friday. Six innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, ten strikeouts. But Joe mentioned this earlier, the walks for him. Five walks in that one and just 55 of 100 pitches, four strikes, and that's coming off of giving up seven earned runs in two innings last week. He has a 4-7 ERA, but a 3-6 FIP, also 12.1 strikeouts per nine innings pitched. Also, Jordan Stevens, a guy that's been pitching well down in Charlotte, just four innings on Thursday, eight hits, seven earned runs, four strikeouts, one walk, a 4-4-5 
ERA. And Carson Fulmer pitching well, going back down, being demoted a couple weeks ago. Six innings pitched, two hits, no one runs, three strikeouts, four walks, a 2-1-2 ERA in three AAA starts with a 405 FIP. And before I forget this, Nick Magical playing in the College World Series, went one for four yesterday with a walk and a run as Oregon State, I believe, plays later in the upcoming week. He sucks. It's a wasted pick. He's a bust. We were getting texts during the Hostetler interview. Ask him why he stinks in the College World Series. You want to know something? Seriously, the minute they made that pick, I went, whoa. Somebody's making a statement about how they want to play baseball going forward. Now, that might be a ridiculous overreaction on my part, but Nick Hostetler kind of made it sound like, yeah. Kind of. I asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, Jerry hates strikeouts. Yeah. Jerry's a baseball fan. (laughs) That's, uh, that's I mean, an some, issue with the game right now. I mean, it it, it has to change. Yep. It just has to change. It's Sorry, inter- Eli, go ahead. No, it's okay. It's interesting, too, because I was talking with this high school coach earlier this week, and he was saying how for Madrigal that he would have been a shortstop at Oregon State, but they have one of the best defensive shortstops in the country, and moving that shortstop to second base would have screwed them up defensively. So he thinks he compared him to, and I know this might be a little bit of a stretch, and people might say, well, it's just the height, but Pedroia played in the same league, played out there in California as Madrigal, so he compared him to Pedroia with a stronger arm. So interesting comp there. The key is, the key is, you know, in a situation like this, the key is the character, the makeup. You know, is a guy going to be willing to work hard enough? That's, the, that's as big a part of the draft as anything else. There's no metric for it. But you can, you can draft really talented guys, get them in your system, and find out that they just aren't going to work hard enough to want to be great. And that's that's what separates them. You can get guys in your system and find out they have holes you didn't know about or character flaws you didn't know about. But if you do your job correctly, then at least you get a guy who's going to work hard enough to get the most out of his ability. You do those things, and then you see what happens. But this is there's so much that they don't know that to try to predict at this moment what you're going to have two, three, four years from now. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of Chris Bryant's. <laughs> where the guy who takes him knows what he's going to be and when he's going to be it. There's just there's not a lot of that. Sorry, Eli, go ahead. Over to double A, Eloy Jimenez batted uh two sixty five over the last ten days with a home run and four RBI. He's slashing three twenty two on the batting average, three seventy five on on base percentage, and five eighty three slugging. Overall this season with 10 home runs and 40 RBI along with a 162 runs created plus or weighted runs created plus that is and the average being 100. Zach Collins 250 batting average with two home runs 10 RBI six walks 15 strikeouts over his last 10 games 271 438 475 slash line overall this season with nine home runs and 32 RBI along with a 55 to 69 walk to strikeout ratio. So still that needs improvement. Spencer Adams has been pitching terrifically down in Birmingham over the last two starts, seven innings pitched, six hits, no one runs, six strikeouts, two walks, 15 innings pitched over the last two starts, eight hits, and no one runs. Has a 4.88 ERA overall this season in 12 starts. And Dane Dunning bounced back yesterday. Uh, 71 of 99 pitches, four strikes with six and two-thirds innings pitched. Five hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts, two walks. Has a 3.22 ERA with a 2.62 FIP in nine starts. And then shifting over to high A Winston-Salem really quickly. Dylan Cease, pitched, Dylan Cease pitched yesterday as well. Six innings pitched. Three hits, all solo home runs, so the three earned runs, nine strikeouts, no walks, 
62 of 95 pitches, four strikes, and that final pitch wow. was 98 miles an hour, and he's given up just seven earned runs over his last five starts. That's good for a 2.97 ERA overall this season. Nine strikeouts, no walks, three hits, all solos. Correct. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Eli. Appreciate it, as always. Joe, should we go back to the phones? Let's do it. John in Hinsdale, you're on Hit and Run. Good morning, John. Hey, hey, guys, how you doing? Um, I'm a Sox fan. Just want to let you guys know I, I support the rebuild. Uh, you know, going back to like the 2012 White Sox, that's when we got off to that 24 and 10 start. Yeah. Um, you know, that that was fine and everything, but you know, as soon as uh, Austin Jackson got hurt, you had both catchers getting hurt, Brett Lowry getting hurt. You know, Matt Latos was probably a fluke, and then Danks getting gone. We had nothing. There was, like, no depth. And and you think about, like, the 2005 White Sox. You know, you we start out with, say, Shingo Takatsu as our closer. He did a great job, gets hurt. Dustin Hermanson comes in. He gets hurt. And then all of a sudden we go down to double A. We have Bobby Jenks, you know. So I just believe that you have to have that depth. Um, I am sick of the mediocrity. You know, we don't have money like the Yankees. And even they had a hard time piecing together teams with all their money and you know and look at the direction they're going in now so i just think it has to happen through the draft um you know 1994 season got cut short that was a, a team that could have contended for the world series and that was built for the draft and so i, I just believe in everything and, and this one last thing you know in terms of the current team um you know ron called in and you guys touched on this too i i, I do worry about uh, ta at shortstop you know maybe looking for a change there and you know, everyone's talking about Machado. And, and another guy no one's mentioning is the following year, and correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe that Nolan Arenado is a free agent that year. Uh, I would love to have him, but um, the farm system looks great. Good sticks coming up. I do worry about the defense. Like, again, I, I just don't see strong defenders coming through the system. Um, but I do believe in the developers. I hope we can keep, you know, Chris Getz. Evaluators seem to be doing good. Uh, so I, I do like the direction they're going. I'm, I'm a patient fan. Um, I wasn't expecting much this year. I figured this would be the, the trough year, if you will, uh, given last year at least we had a half a season with uh, Quintana and Robertson and so forth. But I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts on things, and you know, especially going forward, you know, like uh, if we have to dabble, get that free agent pick like, like the Cubs did with Leicester when they were turning it around. Hey, John, real quick before you hang up, uh, how do you feel about yeah. Moncada at second at this point? You know, I – It'll be interesting to see where where Madrigo falls out. I don't know if he's got the arm strength to play the left side of the infield, um, and he might have to go to second, and I'd be perfectly comfortable with Mancato at third. I think he's got a strong arm, and so he could play the left side of midfield, in, infield, and uh, you know, and maybe Machado's that, that perfect fit, and then you have him at short. And I don't know what they're going to do with Abreu, but say they do bring him back because of his consistency and his leadership. I mean, that's a heck of an infield, Ben. Uh, I just hope McConaughey can hit. You know, I'm like kind of on pins and needles, you know, hoping these guys work out. And you guys made great points earlier that it's not all going to work out. You look at, you know, the Astros uh, with a couple of first-round picks. And, and I think, you know, Theo Epstein, he's so secure with himself. He admitted, he goes, if we had the number one pick, we would have taken Mark Appel that year. And sometimes it just goes to show you, you need yep. luck sometimes, too. Yep. You know, they got Chris Klein. They loved him. They, he was probably number one on their board for, you know, for the hitter, but they were going to go with Mark Capel too. So we need luck, too. And, you know, we had some in 2005, and you need that to all go with it. But uh, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Mikado go to third. Thank you, John. Appreciate the phone call. Good, good point about luck, too, because, remember, the Cardinals really wanted Jason Hayward back. 
You know, they yeah. they want to pull host back. Yep. And they walk away and they, they end up all right. As far as free agency, he was asking about next year. I think it's still about 2020. And I, I know in, we're living in the now, a ball at Harper and Machado. Um, Chris sells a free agent in 2020. <laughs> I don't know if Boston lets him leave. You, you, you'll need to make a decision on Jose Abreu at that point. By the way, Paul Goldschmidt will be a free agent at that point. Heating up finally, so, by the way. Yes, back to being Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. I, I know Last that, two weeks, whoa. Uh, what, what if you still have a hole at third? Go get Rendon. I don't know yeah. if he's going to leave. I'm, I'm a big Nolan Arenado fan, too. I so. Well, yeah, so I mean, is all the big money teams will be, too. Well, you're going to have money to spend. Yeah. You will have money to spend. You're right. You're not the Yankees, but you will have money to spend. Tim in Munster, you're on hit and run. Hey, Tim. Hey, you touched on it when, uh, or started to touch on it with Abreu. You know, that is a guy that I'd like to see him hang on to. I do think that as this team is coming together, they've got to start defining some positions. And more importantly, uh, I, I agree with you uh, that uh, that we're, we're probably not at 2019, but I think in this next draft, they have to, again, go out. They have to spend the money while they have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, and you've got to go out and overpay for the right guy that you think is young enough and is going to be there that you can build around with this. Uh, if that's Machado, if it's Donaldson, I don't know who that is that they're going to, you know, that they should zero in on. Uh, but but they have to get one of those guys. I can't. I don't think you can wait till you get to 2020 or 2021. And I hate to see them trade Abreu because then that tells me that they're pushing the timetable back even further. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I just don't want to see that as a Sox fan. I'm, I'm patient, and I was all for this. I agree 100% with everything you guys said. When Jordan Denks was your best option in the out, <laughs> you know, in the minor leagues oh, to bring up when wow. someone was hurt, that yeah. was painful. Yes. But the Sox have also not developed a lot of uh, fielding position players, and so I'm not trusting this process. Uh, from the standpoint of saying we're going to fill the, the the diamond with guys that we've brought up. Uh, I think there is going to have to come some free agency. If you look at the teams that have done it successfully, like the Cubs, they went out and, and, and made a move. Uh, they, they spent some money on guys like Lester because I don't think they win that World Series without Lester. And what I don't want to see them do is ha- go through all this pain and then start going into the minor leagues and saying, well, we got to deal a, a Dylan Cease for, or we've got to deal a um, Eloy for, or we've got to deal this new kid that we just brought up because we may not have a position for him for. And that's been more the Sox MO is let's deal our, our depth. And I really yeah, want to see But the Cubs did that too. That, that's why you build the system this way. Thanks very much for your, thanks very much for your call, Tim. Sorry, we, we got to get to a break. That's, um, that's why the Indians did it. I understand his skepticism as it as it relates to what the White Sox have done in the past, but you have a lot of new people now doing this. You have a lot mm-hmm. of new people in development. You have a lot of new coaches and managers in the system. You got a, a different scouting director. You have you have a much different approach to the way that they're doing things. But I understand the skepticism. I, I don't I don't blame you for that. As for signing somebody, I don't think a, a head I of don't think so. ahead of you know the 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 timetable. Time um, I believe they signed John Lester not for that season. You know, I don't think they knew that 2015 was going to happen, but they wanted him for what was going to happen in the years beyond that. And they were willing to spend to do that, even though it wasn't time yet. 
I think the White Sox will do that, but I don't think it's this year. I don't think it's this year either. And the argument is going to be, well, that's what you would do with Machado. But if you're Machado, yeah. why would you pick the White Sox over the Phillies yeah, he might a couple be, years ahead of you? Yeah, if he if he were to sign here at the end of this season, he it, he might be sitting here for three years losing 100 games. And I don't think he wants to do that. He just did so, that. Yeah. This year. Yeah, he's yeah, he he doesn't he's not real happy with how it's going in Baltimore. All right, we got to get to a break. Bruce Levine coming up next. Those of you on hold, we will get to you as soon as possible here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.